0: The Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com/spottrack in your browser. Register, forty percent off your first year. Download the app, personalize it, and get ad-free, exclusive content at your fingertips. Again, that's theathletic.com/spottrack. My name is Mike Janetti. Happy Wednesday, Thursday, whenever you're listening to this podcast. It's a big NBA show. Scott Allen joins the show. And we went through all eight remaining teams in the NBA, all the postseason teams, one player that Scott's identified that is going to have some sort of financial decision this offseason, be it an extension, flat out free agency, maybe they're on the trade rumors, but one player at least from all eight teams remaining in the postseason. And then at the back end, a quick discussion about Chris Paul and what his options may be after 2022, depending on how things go in the next couple of weeks with Phoenix. But first... I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Tom Brady. (laughs) To me, the only problem with this, I have no problem with 10 years, $375 million for Tom Brady as the lead analyst for Fox. I know that there's been a lot of disasters in the booth. And I know that a lot of people who do this for a living are out there saying, this guy's got no experience. What the hell are we doing here? What if this is terrible? Of course, there's a chance that he's terrible. But Tom Brady is not new to getting in front of a microphone, to analyzing football games, Tom Brady's been doing this for a very long time, behind the scenes to some degree. He's had a podcast with one of the absolute goats in interviewing in terms of uh, Jim Gray. He's been doing that for quite a bit on XM. His voice has been out there. He's been taking reps, not national broadcast top Fox sports game of the the week. So there's going to be an adjustment period to that and an acclimation period to that as well. But And by the way, Kevin Burkhardt as well will have to get acclimated. And he's got a year or two to do that before Brady gets in tow. So I think Greg Olson will be good at this. I think that's going to be the guy for this year. And depending on how long Brady plays, maybe longer. I'm not worried at all about Brady stepping into this. I'm excited. I'm actually excited. This is a guy who I will read his book. Same with Peyton Manning. I think there's just an element to the game. More so than Tony Romo. And I was overly impressed with how much... Tony Romo was able to bring in terms of the little idiosyncrasies because I just didn't see that on his football game. I know we see that with Brady. And I think Brady has sarcasm to to his, his personality, which Romo has been able to bring that to the CBS broadcast a little bit, maybe too much at times. But Brady has been living this kind of life for quite a few years now. And I have no problem with him doing that. Whether you hate him or not, as a player, as a person, whatever, I think this is a good fit. The 375 million is insane. And for anybody who was worried about NFL ratings, I think we're gonna be fine because thirty-seven and a half million per year is bonkers. But look, here's the numbers. He's gonna he's gonna walk let's say he's done this year. I think this is probably it, right? He just restructured his contract, he's gonna make thirty million this year. That means three hundred and thirty three million for his NFL playing career across twenty three seasons. He then walks into three hundred and seventy five million. It's not a bad way to live your life, folks. So I'm not worried about it. I'm not surprised by it. This is the move I thought was going to happen. I didn't think... And look, he may still go down the ownership path. He's, he's certainly been able to bankroll plenty of money. I'm sure he's in the crypto and whatnot. And it went and was in that quite, quite a bit early. So ownership, whether it's in the NFL, whether it's in other sports, that's going to be a part of his process. There's no question about that. But this keeps him relevant. And this keeps Fox relevant because Fox took a big hit losing Buck and Aikman this year and uh and this is the guy so you had to pay what you had to pay it's an it's an astounding number but that's where we are right now with that with live sports ratings live sports ratings are king the other content is good and every every so often you hit lightning in a bottle but as we've seen more and more so over the past 10 years a live nfl game the worst nfl game on the schedule destroys everything else on tv So that's why Brady is worth what he's worth. And uh, I look forward to seeing it. I don't think it'll be a disaster. I know some people out there probably are just easy to assume that it could be. I think he's going to be just fine. It seems like from his social media presence, certainly from his on-air stuff, and even his podcast, which I've listened to quite a bit, he's going to have that figured out pretty quickly. Let's switch gears to the NBA and talk about a lot more rich guys, because you want to talk about some sick salaries. We're approaching $60 a year on these new contracts. Is James Harden going to be one of those guys? Let's talk about it next with Scott Allen. But first we are presented by Dynasty Owner, the fantasy football league that uses real NFL salaries, real NFL transactions. You actually have to sit in the GM chair and make the moves for your roster. It's not just your starting lineups every week, your bench counts. There are bench points in this league. It's real time moves, real time trades. You've got to make decisions as extensions are are brought into the contracts. And, uh, you know, a player like DK Metcalf, who's pretty good value right now, maybe in a couple of weeks, he's going to be terrible value before you because his 8 million a year is going to about to become 28 million a year. And that's going to affect your salary cap and dynasty order. Visit dynastyorder.com, get yourself signed up. You can just play with your friends for free, kind of bet on the side a little bit, right within the system, right within the app, or you can go all in and try to make this a big deal, big payday for you and your friends. And, uh make it a multi-year situation. That's the point of these dynasty leagues and nobody does it better than dynasty owner. Visit dynastyowner.com today. All right, Scott, here's the plan for today. Eight teams left in this postseason in the NBA, but I want to focus down even more to basically a single player on these rosters right now that at least this offseason could be in consideration for some sort of financial adjustment, be it an extension, some sort of option decision. Um, possibly a trade out. I mean, I think there's some players right now that aren't long for their current franchises, despite being this this far along in the postseason. So it's a kind of a polarizing situation with the good teams, you know, not just the bad teams in the NBA, which is always fun. And, and I think we're headed for another offseason full of superstar trades, if we can kind of project that. So let's just start with Miami. They were the number one overall seed in in the East. They are... I don't know, inconsistent with their play. Kyle Lowry's been injured. And uh, Jimmy Butler's been Jimmy Butler. This is his time of year, and he's been that guy. Who are we focusing on, though, with the Miami Heat for this offseason specifically?
1: Specifically, Tyler Hero. Okay. and Keith, Sixth Keith man did of the year,
0: right?
1: Sixth man of the year. Keith did a piece on him. So if you haven't checked it out, go check it out. But the, the quick and dirty with Tyler Hero would be he won sixth man of the year. He is rookie extension eligible this offseason. And why that's important is his rise on that team puts a qu- giant question mark on Duncan Robinson and sure. what to do with him.
0: He's, he's uh, been a ghost.
1: <laughs> he, he has been a ghost. He was extended last year. So he uh, he has four years, $74.4 million left, which includes a player option. and. When you add his salary on top of Jimmy and Bam and Kyle, that already gets you up to uh, $125.6 million. And that's without extending uh, Hero. Now, keep in mind, the extension with Hero, his salary is already locked in for next year. Right. So this the extension wouldn't kick in until 23-24. Now, why I'm picking him specifically is if you decide to extend hero to whatever amount it's going to be, let's call it, you know, uh, somewhere between probably twenty to thirty-two million dollars. He's not a max guy. Uh, I, I don't think he's necessarily going to be a max guy, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's going to be somewhere in that range that I I have given that means what do you do with Duncan Robinson? Because I don't know if you can necessarily live with all five of those guys moving forward, especially with hero winning Sixth man of the year. And he pretty much was the starter. You know, he, he got crunch time minutes and he still does.
0: So does the Robinson does mean, deal feel a little bit like Davis per right now?
1: He does. And you know, if I remember correctly back in the, in the off season, when he, was given that, uh, that contract, Mm -hmm. people sort of were like, holy cow, he got that much money. I know there were offers probably going to be around that from other teams. He decided to stay with, uh, with the Miami heat, but you're right. it, It does feel Bertans esque where he got paid a lot of money. He really didn't show up this year. Hero is sort of filling those shoes and then some, so, Hero is the focus for this because so much rides on what could happen, not for necessarily the next year, because he's already locked in his rookie scale fourth year. What happens in 23, 24? Right. And if they do extend him, then the time, the, the clock starts on Duncan Robinson as do you trade him? This offseason, do you trade him at the deadline? Do you just ride it out and see what happens for the whole season and then deal with it next offseason when the extension for Hero would kick in? But I think an extension for Hero is almost a gimme at this point.
0: This offseason?
1: Yeah, I think so. I I think with what he has done, not just this year, but the previous year as well. I mean, he made a name for himself uh, in the year before. This. So I think he does get an extension, whatever it comes out to be that Miami wants to give him, then so be it. If they can't come to terms, then and you end up in a DeAndre Ayton situation where you ride out the fourth year and then you see how next year goes, and then you still have his rights. So you could uh match in a restricted offer situation. But I think if I'm the Miami Heat, knowing what I've seen from yeah. him all year. I, I lock him up sort of like the Atlanta Braves have done with their their young guys, lock him up to a a, a team friendly extension, but it allows him to get paid and and move on from there. Because if you have to move on and you trade him it, similar situation with Duncan Robinson, they paid him if they have to get out from him, there's going to be, be a team that wants to bring him on sort of like uh, Bertans was traded to Dallas.
0: So the only pushback I give you is the sixth man moniker. He's got a role here. It's look, he's not a sixth man. I mean, he, no, he's, he's not. He's subbed in by the fourth minute, almost every single game. And he's basically, a thir- I, I, I don't have it in front of me. My guess would be between 30 and 35 minutes. Is that probably about right for hero? So he's hardly a a depth player. He is a a starter in every right. Um, But, but you know, I guess his role has been somewhat reduced this year. You know, other guys are getting looks, and Miami's going to try to pay that way. Miami's going to try to pay him probably like you're talking about in that second to third tier. But does his if I'm his agent and you know the value of this player, and last year was certainly better than this year, but he's 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 kind of roared back here in the postseason. Am I just waiting this out? Am I excited to get the restricted free agency to see if an OKC or a, or a Houston or some of these teams say, hey, you're our guy. We're, you are, you're going to be our SG1, and that's worth a max to us. So I, I, just, I, wonder, I just wonder if, if Miami tries to nickel and dime this a little bit too much, do they, yeah. does it get to a DeAndre Ayton-type situation where they say, look, we're going we're to let this go to the finish line. I, we're, we're, we're happy here. We're happy to play out you know, our final year, but we're going to let this thing go and get other offers.
1: This is why I said, I think if I'm the Miami Heat, I'd rather lock him up now because if you get to a restricted offer situation, right. and there is but my another point, Scott, team- is
0: I don't know if team friendly is going to work. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you can throw 20 at him this year, which is what you basically gave Duncan, and it's been a disaster. I think you got I think it starts at 25 million a year for Tyler Hero. That's my guess.
1: Yeah. And I think me personally, the way the way I've seen him play, I think I would pay that and try to move on from Robinson to offset that a a bit, which is why I'm saying if they do decide to extend him, the clock starts immediately for dealing with the Duncan Robinson contract, whether you go and find a team that is going to want him. The
0: problem, though, is everybody knows it, you know, everybody knows there's almost there's going to be no leverage. You are selling bottom barrel low on Duncan Robinson, unfortunately
1: you are, but there's always a team that thinks they can do better.
0: I think the move is extend hero and maybe have to overpay a little bit to do that, which I would agree with. And you let Robinson find his way in October and you showcase him a little bit and try to get him back in his game. And then either that's a good problem. And we have to figure out if we want to keep him and just hit the luxury tax hard for the next couple of years, or he's a deadline move and you can get a little bit more value for him because there's still going to be three and a half years term on that contract, you know? So Yeah, I'm
1: not saying he's going to get moved this offseason. No, but I, I, yeah, I,
0: I, I don't think you can do both play. those things this offseason because you'd be selling so low on Robinson, you know? I totally right. agree I, with Tyler here, though, 100%. Yeah,
1: I would definitely slow play the situation, which it, it gives them time. But my 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 thing is just lock Hero up and, and deal with it later. Okay.
0: Let's flip to the West. The number one seed, the Phoenix Suns, still look that way. Um you know, both these teams have had inconsistency. Uh, certainly some injuries have been a factor, but I, I'd still put these two teams near the top of the list as favorites for the, for the championship, despite the fact that Giannis is in his own planet right now. Um, who, which player have you identified? We mentioned Aiden. We know he's going down uh, to, to restricted free agency at this point, barring some sort of extension with, with Phoenix, or it wouldn't even be an extension. It'd be basically a, a free agent signing. I assume there's other players on this roster, though, that have to be addressed because this is a good deep team, but uh, this is not an owner that likes to put a lot of chips in one basket. So is there going to be somebody who falls off this roster, you believe, next year, Scott?
1: Yeah, I, obviously the, the main player would be eight in situation. So I sort of, we've been down that road, didn't want to go down that road again. If you want to see Keeps Peace, go check it out again. Um, I actually have two players because I think... It, financially they're in a similar situation so I went Dario Saric who missed the entire season because of a knee injury but he's at 9.24 million dollars going into the 22-23 season he is veteran extension eligible if you wanted to go down that road or they just want to eat it for one more year and and Jay Crowder is the other one who's at 10.2 million going into the 22-23 season He is also veteran and extension eligible. Now, why I bring both of these up at the same time is they're they're both in that nine to ten million dollar range. If Aiton for some reason leaves, Mm. you don't have a big man to fill his shoes. So, do you uh, do you give yourself some time with Sarge? Do you just leave it be for one more year and then? reset going into next year yeah let's talk Jake.
0: about this because what is phoenix's actual window of contention you know what i mean because right. i, I right like now. your thought process here um you know especially with crowder who's had a hell of a postseason but crowder's not a five you know i don't think there's ever going to be a world where crowder's an actual five he can play big but you know he's right, not but he he's is not a actual... post-up lob type player like like many of these guys are looking for in this offense so but but certainly tons of value here but both Sarich and Crowder are under contract through next year. Chris Paul, we know has one more year and then basically the guarantee falls off, but there's a good chance. This is his last year as well. And we'll get to that at the back end of this, this segment. <clears throat> I I just wonder, Scott, how, how you feel kind of reading the tea leaves of these contracts. Do you think that it's this year and and hopefully next year, but then they may cut this thing off at the head?
1: That, that is a strong possibility, which is why I bring these two guys up because a They're expiring, so if if you're going to hit a reset button, let's say Aiton leaves the the Suns. yeah, That's two players that are on expiring contracts, teams like that, Mm. to bring back some pieces. uh, But they're also, you know, Crowder is a massive role guy. He fills in a lot of minutes. They brought him in. He's at the end of his three-year contract that he signed with them coming from Miami.
0: Uh, so, signed through next year, though. Keep in mind,
1: right? He's through next year, mm-hmm. but I'm saying he's going to be on the last year expiring contract. Is he a trade deadline guy? Obviously, you're going to ride it probably through this through the next season to see yeah, what things I, are.
0: I wonder if that doesn't align perfectly with what we're talking about here, right? Like, this may be their best chance right now in, it in is. this postseason, yep. and they may, I think, they will really try to push and, and make this thing happen again next year, but. If they don't think they have it next year, come January, you know what I mean? If, if they oh, think they're like pressing the button, that's right. Crowder is then a great deadline trade. Yes. Sarge is on that list. You know, maybe a couple other guys on, on on this roster as well. Maybe even Paul at that point, right? Go find yourself a, a legit contender. If the wheels fall off, I don't know why they would. This has been the best team in basketball basically two years in a row, but, but that's that, just how the league is, works, right? It, but it, DeAndre
1: it, it, Ayton is the, the key piece yeah. here. If they bring him back, then, uh, then. You you just run it back one more year and see where you can go, and if he leaves, do you get then, the
0: do you get the feeling a team like a Detroit or somebody is just going to go huge contract off on Aiden? That that
1: is a, that that is a strong possibility, yeah. and then if that's the case, then obviously they go into a all right, let's do a signing trade. We want to bring some pieces back potentially right. again. That would hard cap the team that's doing the sign-and-trade, but at least if uh, that is the one item that helps Phoenix is that he is restricted and they have his rights, but if he does want to move and he does get an offer, they have the option of matching it or potentially negotiating a sign-and-trade to get some pieces back. So that's why I say the linchpin is definitely Aiton, and if he goes, then... They have some, they have some decisions that have to be made in the more immediacy. The
0: the problem I have with this, Scott, and and this is a multi sport conversation I have quite often. This team isn't going to be bad, you know. Even if they're not championship contenders for the next three years, uh, any team with Booker and Bridges and it's even the role guys, right? Cam Johnson campaign that they're going to be competitive, but I'm looking at the multi-year breakdown right now. Uh, the Booker situation is is coming up here as well. He's got, he's two years left through 2023 here. This is not an owner that does this for 10 years. That's all I'm going to say. Right. At some point in time, I think all of this gets ripped apart. All of it. Bridges is, is the guy signed out the most. And it, it, it's a team friendly contract in my opinion It. Between 20 and 25 million salary over the next four years. But Booker's going to cost a supermax. But Booker's going to be a massive contract, probably next offseason in 12 months from now. Chris Paul, like I said, is through 2023. So he's aligned with Booker in terms of guaranteed money. I, I struggle with this one, Scott, because I don't think this is an organization that will keep the gas pedal pushed down long enough. You know what I mean? I think they will rip it off yep. before we think they should. And I, I I don't think you're incorrect in saying this could be next February. There could be legitimate pieces moved off this roster next trade deadline. Not so much this offseason. I think they'll give themselves four or five months in the year to see if they can really do this again. But he will sell off cash as quickly as possible. Let's be perfectly clear about what's about oh, to happen here.
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. And it happened this past season because I even talked to Keith offline on this. Um, the Frank Kaminsky situation, I was like, they he was injured pretty much the entire season. And then they waived him in March or whatever it was. And it was like, w- why would you do that? Why wouldn't you do that earlier so that you could mm-hmm. sign a guy or two? And he goes, it was all about the cash. Mm-hmm. They, they waited as long as possible to have to remove him and then fill a roster spot with a minimum guy mm-hmm. because of cash purposes. He doesn't want to pay him. So you bring up a super valid point what ends up happening with Booker? I guess he would be the one C to the guys that I have because he is veteran extension eligible this off season. So do you offer that moving forward? The guy doesn't like to pay. So most likely not. So if that happens, you got to
0: pay him. He's a generational guy. I know he has his inconsistencies and he's probably never going to be a top five guy in this league, but but you got to pay that guy.
1: But the, he does not want to pay his number one draft, number one overall draft pick in DeAndre Ayton. But, and he's waiting until the very end. Now, But I think he's be, playing
0: the analytics on that one.
1: He he could be. Yeah. And you may play the analytics with the Devin Booker situation. But if you're Devin Booker, and let, let's play hypothetical, where Ayton does leave, and then they decide, all right, we're just going to blow this up, and we're going to trade Crowder because it's great value, and we're going to do something with Sarge, great value. Yeah, you have your other small pieces that are have grown in Cam Johnson and in campaign, and Chris Paul is on the back end. Does Devin Booker get frustrated enough that he says I want out? Now that's going to be a, a complete game changer because you know there's going to be multiple teams vying for that. So I think the Phoenix Suns are in a window of yeah. extreme interest of what could happen because. It does all come down, I think, to the eight. And unless you can flip and get another massive big guy into, into that roster, it, that that's a massive linchpin that could alter the Phoenix Suns' path moving forward.
0: The only thing I'll say, and it's on a positive spin, obviously this team has been able to draft extremely well. M- most of this roster has been constructed oh, by the draft and not lottery picks, by the way. So yes. my guess is, Scott, is is... One of the reasons that they'll justify trading some of these pieces away is to get that draft capital, so that if they decide—and I think they will—to keep a player like Booker and a player like Bridges, who's already under contract, and make those two the core the the corvettes, they feel like they can fill in the blanks with with new draft picks that should be able to bring it up to speed. My guess is they keep Booker, they keep Bridges, and maybe Payne, you know, a, a, as a cheaper option at the point guard position because his extension is not going to be near what what they're paying Chris Paul right now obviously so I think they can kind of nickel and dime that rebuild on the fly and just hope that their drafting success continues but that's going to take getting rid of some of these players and acquiring those draft capital assets back as quickly as possible I I just think it's such a rare situation right like we sit down with the Rams and the Buccaneers and the Dodgers and and many of these and, and I guess actually the Lakers just did this as well and you you want to fall in love with these rosters and often doing so is the wrong move. You know, doing so is you're trying to bring every single person back because it's shown to be successful one time and you think you can repeat that success. It's so rare that that actually happens. And I don't think that's what Phoenix is going to do at all. You know, I think that's the point here. The point is it may be for the wrong reason, which is, you know, being a little bit uh, thrifty. but. I think shaking things up like they, like they did a little bit last year and like they, we think they will next year is probably the right move. You know, not to the degree that the, what the Lakers did, I don't think, I don't know why the Lakers thought they had to go Westbrook, but that's for a different conversation. But I do believe that keeping things fluid and moving is the right way to go in this league because there's options everywhere, everywhere as we're going to talk about here. All right.
1: Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. I'll just say this. be
0: Let's put it this way. You, we're, we're talking about eight teams here. There's not a single team here that didn't make some kind of offseason acquisition to make yeah. themselves different and or better, right? Yeah, Harden, you can't, Kyle you Lowry. You not stay the same. No, everybody. Dallas moved on from KP. I mean, every single team here, Al Horford back to Boston, every team we're about to talk about right now did something transactionally to change themselves this year, so it's just it's just the nature of the NBA, and it's why it's so damn fun to cover. Honestly, seriously,
1: it really is. All
0: right, back to the East, Philadelphia. Let's talk yep. about it, um, Scott. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump up on top of your data here and actually uh, bring in a different conversation because I think it's it's uber important. Are we at a point now where James Harden just has to to take the player option? No, I don't think so. I do, Scott. I think he's got to opt in. I think Daryl Morey's got to sit down with him and say, "Look, man, we we don't know where this is going, and I don't want to do wrong by you. They're obviously very close, and 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 let's be also honest honest about this. There's going to be a lot of pressure from the media and from I guess you know fans in general, because anytime a blockbuster trade happens, it generally means that there has to be sticking power, right? Like, like what the the Rams gave up for Matthew Stafford, football-wise. Matthew Stafford has to be the starting quarterback for the Rams for at least three to five years, just to justify what happened, right? Bringing him in. Now the Super Bowl changes all that. But let's talk about what actually happened in that James Harden trade. Is it really a blockbuster trade anymore? No. No, right? So. No. I mean, it's Seth Curry... And there was a pick in there. I think maybe two picks. Yeah, and
1: Ben Simmons, who hasn't played and had and, and surgery, and we have and- no
0: idea what the, what his career is going to be. None, none, none. And and back surgery, I he, that's going to affect his defensive ability, which is I think his bread and butter now, more than anything. So my point is, I don't think the Philadelphia seventy sixers have to look at that trade and say, "My God, this we have to have this guy for you know our, the entire window of contention here," which is. for for Embiid, I would say at least three to five more years. I I don't look at it that way anymore. Now you want to say, you want to go to Harden and say, take your player option, which is 6 million less than what a new max contract would offer him. Correct. Is that correct? I think it's 36 up to 43 or something, whatever it's going to be. I think there's like a $6 million difference in, in what his option would be versus what he would could get on a new max contract. But Scott, that max contract is just not feasible, right? It's just not an appropriate option for him right now. Or am I wrong? Or am I just shooting shooting spit here?
1: No, I I think it would be reckless to go down the, the path we've talked about with the massive extension that he could have. Now, I disagree with you. I do not think he necessarily needs to opt into that player option. I almost think... If you're Daryl Morey and you can go to... By
0: the way, I'm thinking Park. Irving here. He's got a $47 million option next year. So it's it's a good chunk of change. Go ahead.
1: So I, I think he needs to go similar to what happened to the Chris Paul situation last offseason. Okay. Where he opted out. They gave him a more team-friendly deal and gave him more money, but... So instead was- of
0: 47 for one year, we'll give you 100 for three.
1: Right. And okay. if you want to okay. throw in a non-guaranteed or even make it guaranteed, you're you're giving him more money, but you're not saying in five years we're gonna have to owe you sixty-two million dollars. You that is extremely reckless. So I, I think they they have to do a negotiation of here's the analytics, this is what we see. You yeah. have you have declined. We're gonna pay you for the next, we're gonna lock you into guaranteed money for the next two or three years. Mm-hmm. And but it's going to be at a team friendly deal, but you're going to get paid.
0: I can get on board with that. I I think what they what the Chris Paul situation was was very smart. Now look, James Harden isn't near that age, but he sure looks it, doesn't it? It does. I mean, and look, he he's going to have his games. I'm not saying he's toast, but I don't believe that he can go even 40 games at max right now, let alone 82 plus postseason. And and I'm not knocking him. He He's been a physical ball player. I mean, he has he has done his work. Now the step back is completely opposite of that. But he's just—I don't think he's—I don't think he put in the kind of time and effort you need to do to have a 15-year career at his position. Let's put it that way. And that's not a knock on him. Not everybody in the world is going to be that. You know what I mean? The dedication that takes—that's just not for everybody, and that's just not for him. So I I hope there's a—I hope there's a realism with this and. And by the way, if what you're talking about means thirty five million a thirty five million dollars salary this year, is he the kind of guy Scott that's going to say, "Well, that's twelve million less than my option. Screw that. I'm just going to opt in, and then have my control after that." Do you think there's any chance of that? N- not
1: if not if he opts out and they give him an extra year. You know, you're spreading it out over like you said, if it's three for a hundred or whatever it might be if you're giving him more money knowing that internally he's on the decline and I'm not going to get $50 million. And again, it's reckless by Philadelphia to even Mm -hmm. entertain that knowing what we've seen. That's why I think the smart move is opt out team friendly, but get paid your extra year or two on top of it. And, and, if you can get James Harden at thirty million instead of the forty-seven next year, then mm-hmm. th- th- I think that's a win-win if you're extending the amount of money that he can get over the next couple of years. Because I don't think any team should entertain extending him at that maximum amount of money. It's just not it's not the right move. It's not a smart move financially or or Uh, you know, from a production standpoint, he's not going to be able to put up the numbers. He's not putting them up now. So what makes you think he's going to be able to have a resurgence in four years and have to pay him $50 million. And let let me add this. If you go in and do a, he opts out, you pay him this year, plus another, what we'll call it one or two more years for the three years. Again, the CBA is going to look potentially different in two, three years when they potentially opt out. So, um, you don't want to necessarily lock yourself in to a massive five year deal with James Harden and then there'd be massive. Implications no, there's a lot
0: of reasons not to CBA do that. CBA situation. Yeah. So, there's a lot of reasons not to do that. I think that the three-year deal where it's declining salaries, right? Even if you have to front load 40 or 42 million into next year, which is still a bit of a discount on his current salary, and then go down from there, 35, 32, because that makes it a tradable contract too, right? You it want, does. You want year, year three, maybe even year four, if there's a player option or something tacked on the back, you want those to be tradable salaries based on where he may be physically and all that. So I, I do think there's a, there's a path towards a multi-year extension. But I mean, every other game he's reminding us why a max can't happen. And, and, and I just wanted Mm -hmm. to get it out there on record that that trade should not be any kind of situation that forces Philly's hand. It shouldn't be. All right. I I mean, there were a lot of moving parts of that trade. It's like a, it's like a seven sentence paragraph on our site, (laughs) trying to figure out how how that trade went down with the multiple teams and all those picks and everything. But it just shouldn't happen, Scott. It shouldn't happen. No, it shouldn't. Okay. Yeah. Anything else on Philly? I know you got Tobias Harris kind of highlighted here. Yeah, I do. I I mean... Kind of a renaissance year for
1: him, right? Say it again?
0: Kind of a renaissance year for him. We, uh, We had him in the garbage can last year.
1: Yeah, we did. And he's been on trade rumors. So that's why I sort of focused on him because it was sort of, you know, if you remember back in January, it was, all right if we move Ben Simmons, we want to move Tobias Harris too, or, you know, uh, package deal. What's the situation with that? You know, he, he's had a nice season this year and he's got 37, six plus a 39, two. If a team wants to take that on, he is veteran extension eligible. So do you want to go down that road? Do you think he is the the piece, uh, another piece moving forward? Do you want to be locked in that far? Uh, So I think, I just outside of, see, I can't
0: see it with those salaries, Scott.
1: Oh I, I, no, I a, can't. And either. there's a
0: trade kicker, a $5 million trade. He's going to have to waive that. Obviously there's, there's, those are just way too freaking high.
1: Yeah. So I, th- I think they have a decision, you know, if, if you move on from him, you could get some really nice pieces back depending on what team you're, you're trading with him for, or you just ride it out for the next two years. And, and maybe, maybe that's the play. Maybe you keep him for the last two years here. James Harden opts out and you do him for two years and it lines up and then you've got him be for the foreseeable future. But if you can line them up and then sort of hit a a mini reset, I mean, they've got some nice kids they've hit well in the draft here that are coming up. So whoever's in charge of their um, Mm -hmm. draft in in scouting department, they've done a nice job with some of these.
0: They're going to have minimal picks though, I think after all the movements, but yeah, I, I think that's right. Um, yeah, I think they'd probably like to move on from Harris here. He does have a lot of value to them, but that seems immovable to me. That seems immovable.
1: And it, it, and it absolutely could be. There may be teams that don't want to touch that, No. but the, between Harden and Harris, those are the two pieces. uh,
0: Can you imagine uh, if this was still Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris and they were bleeding $70 million on those two guys?
1: Oh my gosh! Yes, I'm glad. Well, I it's mean, I'm,
0: it's not going to be much better with Harden, based on what we've seen over the past couple of months. But you know, at least there's a chemistry situation offensively that can win them ball games, right? Between Harden and Embiid, obviously right. that wasn't happening with Simmons. So that no. that alone was was made the made the move worth it. Hopefully, there's some common sense when they talk about Harden's next contract. That's all we're talking about here. Yep. All right, Dallas. I think they did their best work this year, mid season when they got rid of KP. And uh, I mean, they're bringing on Bertans, which is, uh, I don't know the ninth man on the roster, but they've got some legitimate guards. All right. Finney Smith and, uh, and obviously Luca. We don't know what's going to happen with Jalen Brunson. What is, what is your guess? Just maybe in, in 30 seconds, what is your guess on what happens with Jalen Brunson? Um, do you think they need him, Scott? I do. I'm not sure they need him. You don't think so? No, I, I, I've watched now the past few games with Dallas kind of uh, as closely as possible. And he just seems like... Now, let me put it this way. They would miss him. I, I think he gives Luka a hell of a breather, which Luka's going to be in one of those hardened conversations. Luka's not going to be a guy who gets in LeBron-type shape. And he's going to take four months to get in shape. Let's just be honest about what this is going to be. So, Brunson is phenomenal in kind of trading off minutes and taking over the game when Luca just doesn't have it. And there's going to be a lot of times when that's the case, unfortunately. But I think he's, I don't think that's enough to max a guy. And I do think somebody will max him. That's, I'll put it that way.
1: Okay. I don't think someone's going to max him. No. I think he'll get high value. But I think the point you made where, Luca needs a night off or he's injured. You have someone to fill in, and Brunson could be that piece, especially having already been on that team. We're, we're seeing it right now in the playoffs, right in front of our eyes. Yeah. Depth matters. So if you can retain that kind of player who's already in the system, knows Jason Kidd, knows the players on that roster, gels well, you do what you can to keep that depth piece.
0: It's fair. I mean Dinwiddie's been nothing. So I don't know what you do with that because he was supposed to be the guy that allowed you to lose Brunson. I still think that's the plan. I, I do. Um and maybe you can bring bring in some vet minimum contracts to sort of complement that at that that point guard shooting guard position. They've got a lot of uh, of kind of depth no-namers under contract next year really a partial guarantees now that I look. Other than that, uh, it's a strong roster. This is but if this team goes to the finals, looking at this roster, it'll be really, really impressive, right? It'll be really about Luka Dodgers. Let's be perfectly fair about what's happening in front of our eyes here because Finney Smith has taken a step forward, but he's a guy. He's not a player yet. And, you know, look at this roster, Scott.
1: Oh, I know. (laughs) Look at this roster. It's a big one in a lot of, pieces that are guys uh, as opposed to these other teams where they have two uh, or three guys, you know, the big two, big three, whatever. This is a big one essentially. Now with the situation with Dinwiddie, his 23, 24 is only 10 million guaranteed, but he's here next
0: year is the point.
1: He is here next year. So do you try to flip him again to get some other pieces? I don't think
0: you can, unless you plan on keeping Brunson. That, which is
1: fine. I if think you, that's he my he point. Brunson. You've already
0: brought in your leverage for Brunson, which is very good business. Um, and I guess you're right. If they decide to go Brunson, then you're trying to move on Dinwiddie's twenty million. but um, good to have that problem, right?
1: Oh, absolutely, because then it, if you're moving Dinwiddie, you're sending him to a team that wants another point guard yeah. or needs a point guard, and you could potentially bring back, you know, we talked about before, you know go bear is that a guy not that they're going to match salaries but you know you can go out and get that actual big guy defensive player that you may need or you know a wing defender or whatever you may need now the guy I focused on for this team is is Dwight Powell you know the big guy again we're talking about another big guy but I I think it is a a player that his time is limited on that roster. They they really liked Finney Smith so much that they extended him as a veteran extension during the season, and that pretty much was writing on the wall that Dwight Powell probably was short for this roster. Yeah. And and you know he's at eleven million dollars. They they could have extended him this off op- during the season. They haven't. So you know at eleven million dollars, that's a nice piece during the season that you could use as a trade uh, trade item to potentially bring somebody back if someone wants him, you know? So that's why I focused Scott, is on this an Aiton
0: destination.
1: You know, it's funny, even on here offline, we, we've had so many destinations for Aiton and and some of these big guys, and it's starting to become a, a road, uh, you know, revolver. no question. Everybody well,
0: needs one. Nobody wants to pay one. There's no question. Correct. That's the situation. But I, but I specifically with Luka and just looking at this roster as deep as we're going here, and you're right, moving on from Powell can bring back assets and, and maybe even be part of the sign and trade for a player like Aiden, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and this this team needs a, I think what this team needs is a true, true big man. Now, Finney Smith, power forward, he can shoot. Right. I don't think he's that big, big man. Nor, was, K,
0: or nor was KP.
1: No was, nor was KP, which is why they saw it didn't work, move on from it. That's why I really like if Gobert is short for Utah yeah.
0: going
1: One to— One of these
0: superstar centers. Don't you agree with that?
1: I, I do, it, especially if they are a defensive proud proudness that they can, mm-hmm. you know, that's their main focus, then I, that's what this team is really missing is that defensive big man that can just be in the paint and take the the hits.
0: I think you're right. I really do, and I think, and I wouldn't put a restricted offer on Aiden past Mark Cuban at all. In fact, I would bank on it, right? I would bank on it. So I like this a lot. I think, and by the way, this is just another example of a team that is right in the mix of it—you know, legitimate Western Conference final contenders—that we're talking about making a massive change next year. That's just what has to happen, right? It's just it the, does it's just the nature of the animal. Fluid. You got to keep doing it. So, I, I think they're what they're doing right now is phenomenal. But there may be even bluer skies ahead for them if they if they use their cards right properly. Let's go to Boston. Um, it was a hell of a trade deadline. Bringing back Horford was weird. It has been phenomenally successful. He is settling back into his role. He's overachieving. I heard a great point from Chris Mannix today, um, basically that. Him sitting on his keister in OKC actually rejuvenated his career. It gave him new life, literally strengthened him and and allowed him to be able to do this for the last six months. So it's just a hell of a story. I know that's who you want to spotlight here. He's under contract, I believe, for what, two more years? Is it more than that?
1: Uh, th- This year, then one more. And it's right. non-guaranteed. So oh. th- there are some... uh interesting incentives built in with the Horford situation. So if uh, it's only 14 and a half million guaranteed out of 26.5 right now. So if Boston makes the finals, it goes up to 19.5 mm. is automatically guaranteed. If they win the finals next year's salary at 26, is fully guaranteed immediately as soon as they win the finals. So that's why I focused on him, not only because of, what has happened with him with this resurgence, but super interesting financial implications for him specifically that he wants to make the finals because then, and win the finals, because his guaranteed amounts go up now, uh, two things, two things quickly.
0: Number one, it's hilarious that these are Philadelphia's contractual triggers, right? I mean, they signed this contract with him and it's transferred over to Boston. Let me throw this question at you. Does Boston want him for another full year? Or do you think this is just lightning in a bottle and they shouldn't get too greedy with it?
1: No, I, I think they want him. He fits well. There's a reason why Brad Stevens brought him back to this roster. Yeah. It, it just, he he fits well there. And I know I've mentioned it before, but Serge Ibaka, he worked well in Toronto for some reason. He went to Charlotte, didn't work out, went to back to Toronto and it worked out again. There's just guys That's no, a nice that, point, yeah fit well in certain organizations and Al Horford just gels well with the players on the roster, whoever's in the front office, whatever it might be, it works well. I I, I'm going to go out and say, even if Boston doesn't make the finals and they don't win the finals, they should just guarantee that salary and, and move forward. Now with that being said, he's extension eligible as well. So Mm. they could just add another year on. They did this with, uh, Josh Richardson, in, they extended just one more year. They could do that with Al Horford, guarantee uh, if that's the your comp,
0: I'm guessing they're not going to do it.
1: <laughs> I, no, I'm not using him as the comp for that from a production standpoint. I'm using it as the league is starting to realize – we can extend. Yeah.
0: Just get him under term. We'll trade him later Get him
1: under term and trade him later. Correct. Yeah. No and, question. And, and more and more teams are starting to realize that because there is no cap space there. It's, it's an anomaly. It's a, it's just an illusion. You know what? Let's
0: tangent on that Scott. Cause you've mentioned the CBA a couple times now, and I do think it's going to be very, very important. Uh, what you're talking about is setting, setting up for a natural trade, right? a guy who's under contract who needs to be traded traded to get out of the, off the current roster versus the signing trade. Do you think there's a chance that the next CBA eliminates signing trades? Do you think that there's too much gaming the system involved with that kind of process? Because I, I tend to think it's icky.
1: It is icky. I don't think it's going away, but there may be more. Restrictions maybe, maybe it. they add more, more restrictions on it. You know, they, they tweaked it in the last CBA where the sign and trade, they could only if you were signing a player with bird rights, you could only do the max four year mm. and, and five and then and trade them out. So they did add some restrictions in the last CBA, if I remember correctly, based on that. Now, because of how teams are sort of gaming the system with the sign and trade, uh, maybe the league says we don't care because then you're hard capping yourself and then you have to deal with those implications down the road. Yeah. If you're a high paying team already, uh but there there may be some tweaks in that moving forward.
0: Okay. Memphis quickly because I don't think there's much to talk about. Morant's going to yeah. get a, a supermax extension probably. I think yes. he's going to do he's going to make the uh first team or at some point or at least a team Excuse me, Steven Adams is interesting. I think he's got value, but he's been overpaid for five years straight. Do you, what, what happens there? Do they just drop it down to a more tenable contract, or do you think they just move on from another big man in the carousel?
1: I mean, he's at seventeen nine next season, yeah. so which is too much? I, it, it, it's too much if you're doing a veteran extension, you could lower those values. If you wanted to, you don't have to do the maximum amount that he could be worth. Sure. Um, they can I, move on from him. They could trade him. So there's a I lot of, I think the run of
0: him. big men, not getting early extensions is, is going to continue. I think you're going to, you're going to let contracts expire and you're, you're just going to either then do a, a, a final year extension or just go find another big I, man. I think we're getting to that point, Scott. I,
1: I do too. I think he fits well on that roster. Right. He know. Steven Adams has always been a guy that knows his role. And if a team pays him like the Pelicans did, then so be it. Uh, But he knows his role. He does it well. And he, uh, if the team feels that they want to keep him, Mm -hmm. even if they get to free agency and then, you know, they, they pay him whatever they're going to pay him just to be on the roster. He's a guy that knows his role fits well with those young kids. And then, you know, just move along.
0: Okay. Here's my last question on Memphis for you. Tell me why this team is not going to be this year's Atlanta Hawks.
1: Meaning going deep into the playoffs? Or it just feels 2223? like this time
0: last year, we were talking about Trey Young as we're talking about John Moran right now. As the next coming, he's going to be the guy. Oh, pay him every team, dollar possible. But why? Yeah. why? And then Atlanta did an absolute sledgehammer job that offseason, bringing in five new players, you know, extending Collins at the last second, just everything possible yeah. they could do. Here's the difference. To build that team up to be a superstar team. And they, and they didn't even make the damn playoffs. Right. Yep. So this, how does this, Memphis avoid that? This team is,
1: is young. They've got a lot of nice pieces that they've gotten through the draft. They've, added pieces through the trade that they needed to. The difference is Atlanta went crazy in free agency. They brought in a lot of guys to fill around Trey and they're sort of, you know, maybe they overpaid for some of those guys and now they're reaping those you know, or they're they're feeling feeling that financially and now obviously the, the rumors are they're going to make some more moves or shifts or whatever they need to do. Memphis, all these kids have been playing together, they gel well, they have fun together, and it, they're it's,
0: deep. It's sort of they can win without Morant. They've already proved it.
1: They they've proved they can win without Morant, but it, it's college-esque where they yeah. just all are having fun and it and it's working. So and is the answer I, to
0: do very little?
1: I think the answer is to do very little outside of extend whoever you need to extend mm-hmm. and you know. If there's a trade item, maybe Steven Adams, but like I said, he knows his role. So you probably keep him in the fold for at least the partial of the year until the trade deadline. If you need to move on, do
0: you think there's going to be discussion about John needs that second guy?
1: I think eventually, yes, because of the pound pounding that he takes going into the paint. Mm -hmm. But I think he's a guy that is so smart basketball IQ. He's going to start to realize he needs to change his game slightly, and then he's just gonna morph. And so I, that that's why I've sort of focused on, you know, Dylan Brooks was the guy I highlighted. Yeah, outside of the situation that happened a few nights ago, he he's a a guy that they got in the second round. It's hit really well. He's um, extension eligible. Do you yeah, you want be on an
0: expiring like the, contract at 11 The max four. that you
1: could pay him would be four for around 62. So do you want to pay him $15 million a year? Slight uptick from where he is right now. Possibly. He's fit in really well. He, he, he's a game-to-game guy. And then you've got Brandon Clark there. I mean, you, just, there's, you go down the list, and there are so many really good mm-hmm. young guys that fit in. And if you could potentially get in one more veteran player that could get them over the over the hump, then I think you do it. But what piece are you going to move on from?
0: I think Brooks and and John Moran extensions are foregone conclusions. I do too. No question in my mind. Jaron Jackson's already under contract at 25 plus, 28 plus. Those are your three. And then I think it's just going to be an annual thing where they try to find a piece here and there. I don't think they need to, I think what Atlanta did is they brought in five guys when they needed one
1: correct yeah they did too much and and
0: you can't manage that process this quickly especially with the expedited offseason they had with the COVID situation it just was never going to work ever and trey is not the kind of guy where he can just kind of make everybody around him better he's he's kind of a singular entity and a lot of times it's iso ball with him so and that's not ja that's not ja this is a you're right it's a college type field team where the ball is constantly moving there are times when morant takes over But look, when he's not playing, this team just keeps, keeps doing what they do because that's how they play offense. They're not, they're not reliant on Morant. They just are lucky to have John Morant at times. So it's going to be difficult by the way, to find the veteran to drop into this team because I don't think there's a lot of teams playing basketball this way right now in the NBA, Scott. So I do think they're going to have to do some very, very big homework this off season to try to find that complimentary player. And maybe it comes to the draft. Maybe they just continue to, to to go homegrown and small and cheap and inexpensive. And then when guys that get to this point, like Dylan Brooks, you pay them what they're worth. Real quickly, Scott, because I don't know the answer. Why is there a $62 million max on Dylan Brooks? Explain that.
1: Because it would be a veteran extension. So he would be signing 120% of where he currently would be at if okay. you were signing him midseason.
0: Gotcha. So it's just based on his, his 2022 salary then.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Golden State, Scott. Um, this one's interesting. Really interesting. I know you want to spotlight Wiggins, but I just think Wiggins is gone. Do you agree with that? Um, I,
1: I know a lot of people have said Wiggins. I know they mm-hmm. don't think he's there for the long term, which is why I highlighted him. And, and as I started writing these out, obviously, I started with Jordan Poole.
0: Okay, so let's get there. Rookie extension eligible. Let's get there.
1: <laughs> so, and, and I I had, obviously, as you see on my notes, I had a method in my madness. Jordan Poole eligible for rookie extension. Obviously, if you do so, that doesn't kick in until 23, 24.
0: So you got some room. It's to exactly perform. the same conversation we have about Tyler Hero.
1: Yes, Like almost exactly. freaking
0: identical, right? I, at playing time, the production, how he kind of came from nowhere and became a superstar and he's going to have an impact in the postseason. I, but where, where Tyler is a guaranteed they're going to keep him, I think, that's not the Jordan situation, right? Or do you think it is?
1: Oh, no, I think they keep him.
0: <laughs> okay. So I then... do.
1: Which is why my, met, my next two points are play Thompson, Draymond Green. Play yeah. Thompson, veteran extension eligible. But he's already under contract for 40.6 and 43.2. So I think with Clay, there's no rush to do any extension whatsoever. You no. need to let you need to let those years ride out and see if he can get back to 90 to 95% of what he originally was pre-injuries. And you just play it out as is. You don't no financially question. strap yourself three years out, four years out because you just want to lock him up to be a, a warrior. For life, you you have two years to play with. Draymond Green, similar situation. Very. He he, he is who he is.
0: He's already he talking has, about his next career. You know what I mean? Like you, do, you right. can just feel the finish line with him, and you don't need he, to touch it.
1: He's doing the podcasts. He's and he's very raw on it. I've started listening to him just to see how he is. <laughs> he 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 tells you how it is. So he's at 25.8 million dollars per year for or for next year yeah he has a player option in 23 24 27 6 which obviously most likely exercise so i think you hold off on him because that's two years mm-hmm. you just you ride it out so that brings you down to it. and then in there which i didn't say you've already got the 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 young kids pieces that you don't really have to do anything outside of exercising club options for the future. So that brings you to the, the, the piece of Andrew Wiggins. Where does that fit in? He's got one year left at 33, six. He was an all-star. It do you extend him? Was he an all-star for, because
0: clay wasn't there.
1: And that could likely be an all-star because clay wasn't there. He hit lightning in the bottle at the yeah. beginning of the the season. See, this Where, is why
0: I think he demands a trade. I think he I think he now knows exactly how to play in this freaking league. Finally, what, 10 years later? And his role has just been reduced. I, I, every time I watch him, Scott, in fact, you know, I made a bet on him last game. I, I, th- I thought it was going to be his game. I thought they were going to run this offense through him. Every goddamn possession, he ran down the court, went to the top left corner and sat there. <laughs> and maybe he got a rebound off the, off the back. Most times not. They don't even look at him in the offensive zone. He's their best defender in terms of the backcourt. So right, that, and that's, that's why you would keep him. There's value. That is why you would keep him. But mid- he has absolutely mid- no role when Poole, Thompson, Steph are out there. None. Zero role.
1: Right, it, it, but that's why you would keep him from a defense aspect. Unless you think you could get yeah. two pieces back from a defensive standpoint that are going to... Uh,
0: If you're going to keep Jordan cool, you've got to trade Wiggins for what you're talking about, a two-for-one situation.
1: You have to get a two-for-one, for for sure. But let's keep in mind, this was a team without Wiseman the whole year. So if Wiseman Mm -hmm. has been learning and can grow and come back this 22-23 season and be a defensive piece, that will help tremendously. You can sort of slow play the Wiggins situation, similar situation that we've been talking about on, on some of these other teams. Slow play it, play him in the beginning of the season with, uh, you know, you've got Kaminga there, you've got mm-hmm. Wiseman back. Slow play it, and if you have to move him at a trade deadline piece, then you move him at the trade deadline piece. But you don't necessarily have to do anything with Wiggins unless you really want to because the the tax situation that – golden state is going to be in yeah wouldn't lock in until the very last day of the regular season next year anyway so you can you can slow play him and find a trade partner mid-season or at the trade deadline and then bring back some pieces that may help reduce the tax situation but again that jordan Poole, he is locked in for 22 23 at 3.9 million that is not changing so that even if you extend him in this offseason, you have time.
0: If I'm reading my crystal ball, Andrew Wiggins forces a trade this offseason. I think I, I know he's probably not that kind of guy, but I think his agent might be. <laughs> I, I think that they smell it. They smell a better career for him right now. And they know he's gonna be suppressed in that in that Warriors uh lineup, at least for the next two years, like you've like you've laid out here. So I think July first, his name is in trade discussions because he wants it that way.
1: Which wouldn't be a horrible thing if Golden State needed to move off. Like I said, mm-hmm. if you can get two pieces for Wiggins and their massive depth, again, I'm gonna say it again. This off season or this postseason, we're seeing depth is mm-hmm. is massive. They lost Gary Payton with that injury. You know so it hurts from a defensive standpoint with him because he what he did help in that aspect but if if Golden State can get two solid players back for an Andrew Wiggins and maybe a pick or you know to restock from that standpoint because they've seen to be you know being able to pick well um then that may be the simple move for them to yeah. continue to grow moving forward and not be uh, uh static
0: and and oh by the way you know, Wiggins having the all-star year, it's, it's the right time to move. Got some juice. You know what I mean? whereas he's been a little bit less of that the past couple of seasons. So I think it's the right time to do that. Last one, Milwaukee, not much movement here. You know, know, Brooke Lopez, I think is, is the guy to highlight. Everybody else is basically under contract. They're without Middleton. So it's kind of like they're going to get a free agent back at some point here. Anyway, I I don't know. I just seems like it's a super team to be perfectly honest with you. They got the best player in the world. And as a team, they're, they're doing everything correctly. I think the coaching has really taken a step forward in the past year and a half.
1: Oh, absolutely agree. I think Brooke Lopez is a guy, you know, I looked up his stats. They're not stellar, but similar to the Steven Adams. Bingo. I was just going to
0: say that you got, you got he it before knows I knows
1: his <laughs> role on this. And I watching it, you know, what two nights ago.
0: Yeah.
1: He he just knows his role. He's a big guy in the paint. He can get the rebound. He can he he's able to be a wall in the paint for anyone that wants to drive. He doesn't need to go and shoot the 3 or a, shoot outside. He is a role player through and through that is not afraid to just do what he needs to on a daily night. And at 13.9 million, you're going to take that. Now, does Milwaukee need to. Do they think they can upgrade from that role player uh, and trade him at that 13 9? Mm. Do they want to do an extension with him, even just to lock him up for one more, two more He's years? 34.
0: To... He only played 13 games in the regular season. There's some red flags sitting out there. I mean, there are. Yeah, uh...
1: He had some injury issues this
0: year. So, um, I mean, and... somehow this team is not in the tax right now for next season. So, 12, only twelve players in the roster, so that'll change a little bit with some mi- minimum contracts. But uh, to your point, they've got some some space to work with here, so they yeah, could add. Back, they could add a, a five, you know, an eighteen million dollars center, and actually be kind of in decent shape still.
1: Yeah, because Bobby Portis he signed. He's got a player option at yeah. four or five. You got Pat Connaughton at five seven. That's a player option. Well, let's talk about that. So, are,
0: are are those two guys just going to opt in, or are they going to have to get new contracts? Because those, uh, at least Connaughton, he's a he's a player on this team.
1: Oh, he absolutely is a player, and Bobby Portis has definitely filled in some, mm-hmm. filled in the shoes and had some nice stints when uh, Lopez was injured. So again, depth role players. Do they opt in? Mm-hmm. Bobby Portis probably he just wants to run it back again. Pat Connaughton, maybe maybe you opt out and think you can get higher than a five seven then. So
0: be it. Pat Connaughton Uh, is the kind of player that gets poached. So they got to be careful with that. Now they have Grayson Allen, which is decent coverage. Grayson had a good season. So it's possible that that, and we've talked about it uh, the whole segment here. Maybe Connaughton is the shakeup move. You know, every, every team here is going to do something to change their roster. It's just how this, this league works. I think Connaughton might be that player now looking at this team.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Okay, let's talk about Chris Paul real quick. And we'll get out of here.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: I still think, especially having watched them last night, that it's Phoenix's championship to lose. Now, Milwaukee probably should win this thing, right? But And if they if they get past Boston and get Middleton... Is Middleton possibly coming back, or is it not they, until they, the finals?
1: They said he was out for this series.
0: Okay, so it's a maybe next series. Mm-hmm. because I mean that's just massive that that makes a great team even greater even if even if he's fifty percent and he's he's on a minutes you know minutes clock here I, it's Phoenix is to lose is my point. I believe so. I think Milwaukee and Boston are beating the hell out of each other right now, and I don't think Phoenix is really good exerting that much energy right now against Dallas. So I, I just don't see it that way if they win. I think it's just going to be logical. It's probably going to be the first question he gets. Let's be let's we understand how this stuff works. The first question Chris Paul gets is not going to be how does it feel? It's going to be are you retiring, right? <laughs> <laughs> are you retiring? And he's going to say some, you know, rightfully so sarcastic answer back. What happens if he does retire? Because I don't think anybody would knock him for doing it. It's we've seen superstars ride off into the sunset like this the past couple of years. He's he's got 2 years, 3 years, two of them fully guaranteed left. What does that do to the Suns in terms of their cap or does it just disintegrate?
1: So they had a couple options. One, they can just outright if he retired, they would outright waive him and that would eat twenty-eight four, thirty, 30.8, respectively. The third year's nine games. Okay. So the
0: answer to the question one is the the money just doesn't go away. They owe it, it to him. It does them. not
1: go away unless he agrees to a buyout, which is my third option. So okay. I'll, I'll hold off on that. So they eat straight value of the the cap hits. Uh, option B is they waive him and they stretch him. Mm-hmm. So because there's guaranteed fifty nine point two million dollars left, but it's over three years of contract left, so it'd be times two plus one. So <laughs> seven years of stretched Chris Paul at eight point four six billion dollars would be what the Phoenix Suns would do. So do you do you just eat it for two years or do you? want Chris Paul on your books for seven years. Option C is you waive him and you buy him out to some reduced amount. So, um,
0: what, is that, what then, does that do to the cap Scott? Would it still be over two years or no?
1: So it, and that's why it, in my notes here it's either a or B they mm. can eat it straight up in the two years that are there or, they could reduce the amount oh, overall, so, and then So they stretch. could say
0: it's going to be thirty-five million, and they stretch that over seven years, and it's five per year.
1: Correct. Okay. So in 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 Blake Griffin's situation, obviously he didn't retire, but he he was one that had a buyout situation with Detroit. He gave back like thirteen million dollars, but it was like four million in the current season, and then nine in the next season. So hmm. they offset. Both values. Similar situation could be handled here where out of the 28.4, you reduce it by an X amount, 30.8, reduce it by an X amount, and then just eat it for those two years or do a f- reduction overall, however you want to slice it up, and then stretch him over seven years. In other the, words, th- this
0: isn't very likely. It's good stuff, man. Enjoy the rest of the postseason. Thanks for this.
1: Thanks. Have a good one.
0: All right. Check out plenty more coverage of the NBA postseason at The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track. Get yourself started. Get yourself 40% off that first year subscription. Check out dynastyowner.com fantasy football fans. It's time. The rosters have changed. There's plenty of updates to be made. Start new. Start new in May. Get yourself ready. Understand this new system. It's great. Visit dynastyowner.com to get started today. For Scott Allen. My name is Mike Giannetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Drink Podcast.